let's talk about something that's not controversial for a minute. Okay. Trump. It's Bob. Trumpets. Are you a trumpet player? <laughs> I was a trumpet player. So sure you were. Could you I, be I, again? I, I, could I be again? Um, I mean, I, I, I could be. Um, my physical lip formations is more akin to someone more of a low brass player, which is why I got, which why I was switched. Um, and so, which I thoroughly enjoy playing more low brass. So Bob, but, let me just, let me just hit you with a little truth here. Mm-hmm. Do not let your lips be conformed to the ways of this world, <laughs> but let them be renewed <laughs> in the days that Christ will come for you will take on a new body with lips that are so ready and willing to toot that Trump at toot that uh, it will be, it will be a, an amazing sight to see. The Psalms talk about like praising him with, um, with horns and, and brass mm-hmm. instruments. And Bob may I'm all about that brass. And in the in the end times when the angels are trumpeting, Bob will be like, Hey, guess what? Got some new lips. I'll trumpet with you. <laughs> <laughs> I would have to rebuild my embouchure because then that that's mm, so that's that, a good that, term. That, that, that that's gonna be my biggest difficulty to getting back into the playing brass. But I would love to actually play brass again. What is it again? Your embouchure. Embouchure. Yes. Yeah. So you, you it's, 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 it's the physical, it's, it's having the muscle capacity to play the notes that you desire to play because, so because most horn instruments have a very limited number of, of ways which you can change the notes. And so your lips do a lot of that work. So what both woodwinds and brass, and it's funny for me to describe it this way, but you almost have to have really firm muscles in certain parts of your mouth and mm-hmm. then really loose muscles in other parts of your mouth so that your your mouth literally like vibrates correctly. No, you're you're absolutely right. And it, so it, it is a it's a sense of vibrating your your mouth in a in a very particular way. Do you way. get calluses? Because then <laughs> it would be lips. like playing guitar and I would understand maybe yeah. a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> Oh man, my lip calluses are <laughs> What is it when you uh, play? Uh, so like whenever I get you have given guitar lessons, but I've given them too. Uh, they're like, oh, my fingers hurt. It's like, don't worry. You'll develop those fingers. Yeah. Get those calluses on there. You'll be able to play that. No problem. <laughs> what doesn't kill you makes your fingers and rock ability harder. It's like, <laughs> it's like here, play this trumpet. And someone's like, oh, my lips are hurt. And then they like look at Bob's lips and they're like completely like chapped really bad. And <laughs> like really rough looking. <laughs> don't worry. You'll get better. Yo, you'll get tough. You'll get better. Are you guys ready to start? Yeah, buddy. I'm Zach. I'm Colin. And I'm Bob. And And welcome welcome to the Houseplants Podcast. Beep, bar, beer, boo, bop, babow. Boozik? Yeah. No, 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 no. That sounds weird. Uh, Just say it. I I, I have no idea what's going on. (laughs) Mission of Jesus. Mission of Jesus. Jesus. Is that that where we were? I I I didn't want him to say the bishop. I was like, that's dangerously close to a bad word. Let's not go there. So, so, um, so yeah, uh, we are back uh, for another uh, uh, rung in our series. We are we are trying to um, this without that. We are we are going we are going for a theme here. Uh, now you can't have one without the other. Love and Jesus, they go together, but truth and love, they also go together. <laughs> Discipleship and giving up your whole life. Risk Can't and love and sacrifice and other. Okay. <laughs> so <laughs> we, we didn't do, is there is there a is I wonder if there is a copyright on just that 
do 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 do. Anyway, we'll so, figure it out. But either way, I'll be, call him. Yes, so I'll call Al Bundy. It's a legitimate parody. We are parody <laughs> artists. Hello, Al Bundy. <laughs> Listen, what do you know about? Melody line copyright law. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so um, so b- b- before we get into yes. it, we're we're gonna we're gonna start with a little bit of worship, like we always do. Here's the thing I know about my song I'm about to do. It's all about Jesus. You want to know the title? <laughs> all for Jesus. It's so nice they said it twice. All for Jesus. All for Jesus. I call it All for <laughs> Jesus X two. Uh, <laughs> so what's interesting, and I won't go into many details about this, but what's interesting is that we actually have. Um, a song that was written by a few different people that claim to have written it. And it has a few different versions, but they're all from like the late 1800s. I have d- selected to do the passion version. No, well, just kidding. that's funny. It's funny because <laughs> I told, I've talked to Zach and Bob about this before, about how people will take like an old hymn. And they'll put like a chorus in it. Yeah. Or people take an old hymn and they'll do like a different chord arrangement. So this was literally done that way. Um, I believe back in the, the 1800s. Yeah, I believe that the mm-hmm. lyrics were originally written in the 1871, and it was like more of a like a Dixie sort of like Camptown race, like Stephen Foster style uh, when it originally was written. But this version is written for a a, a, a beautiful choral cantata. Would have been pretty cutting edge. oratorio. Uh, so it's uh it's very beautiful. Yeah, um, and it was. It was so striking when I heard it that I, I just had to had to play it, especially because of the subject matter we're going to be talking about tonight. So, it's a um, great song. So yeah, um, without it's all for Jesus, a hundred billion X. I like it. <laughs> so um, yeah, uh, here we go.
is all for you. Um, We thank you so much that you have called us together tonight to podcast uh, for the glory of your name. Um, We just give it all to you. We don't do this for ourselves, for our own glory, um, but rather we do this as a tool that you can use for ministry. So I pray that you would use it to reach people, um, that you would use it to uh, bless yourself, um, that you would use it for whatever purposes you have for it pray for each person listening, Lord, that you would just draw them closer. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 All right. Thank you, Zach, for praying. Um, Thank you guys for worshiping along with us. So, um, okay, next topic. Uh, So last week we we went into um, what I would call, you know, uh, discipleship uh, can't really work without sacrifice, which is what Jesus calls for us. Um, this week we are going to be talking about what righteousness looks like in terms of living a righteous life and about the, the tough stuff that comes with living a righteous life, which Mm. is interesting because last week we talked about discipleship and of course being a disciple of Christ would call you to live righteously, but it is truly the righteous aspect of yourself that draws this certain bad thing. Um, either opposition, uh, hate, uh, persecution, uh, potentially death, um, for mm-hmm. those who would claim that they want to live a righteous life. So the first thing we need to Being do is sacked by the yeah. zone defense of the enemy. Ooh, well, just coming right at you. So, um, <laughs> it's funny. Um, I, I, pop culture reference, uh, so there's a movie that I really enjoy. Um, it's not that Christian really at all. Uh, it's got Sandra Bullock in it. And I it's, forgive you. It's called Love Potion Number Nine. And oh, in interesting. It, I thought we were going to say The Blind Side because we were just talking about football. <laughs> blind side. That's kind of, that's it's, kind it's, of a Christian yeah, movie. That is, that's, that's, that's actually more Christian than not. Yeah, Sandra Bullock. <laughs> no, in this one, but in this one, though, uh, the, this like gypsy lady gives this dorky like scientist guy this love potion. And when he takes it, uh, he is then desirable to women. Like women find him attractive. Mm. So that's basically the crux of the story. Nice. But there is this more, this more powerful love potion that, uh, so there's a, a part in it where if you take it the same sex that you are. So if, if, if I'm in a room full of men and I take the potion and speak, all the men hate me mm. because of, because <laughs> of just because I'm a dude. So, um, and they, they make these jokes time and time again. So there's like a part where a girl takes them and then makes like a noise in a church and all the women turn around. They're like, like, they're like throwing stuff at her. And so it's, it's a weird movie, but, um, in a lot of ways, uh, the Bible is kind of lining out, like sort of preparing us for maybe that potential situation that our righteous life our the essence of righteousness would invoke this hate from, uh, a certain group of people in the world. So that's a very interesting claim. 
So we should definitely kind of like go through and process yeah. like no, we do. what we mean by this. Because yeah. it took us a while of just mm-hmm. um, conversing between the three of us to kind of come right. to a consensus so, so yeah. what we were meaning anyway. So Bob, um, why don't you, why don't you kind of line out some of the points you made to me? I, I actually want to yeah. hear just sort of, you know, we don't have to go into the About whole thing again. No, yeah. just, yeah, just this, his, his, mm. his claim that, you know, so go ahead and do that because I think the listeners would, uh, would find value in that. Sure. So, so when, when we were first talking about this episode, um, one thing that I found, um, uh, I wasn't so sure with it didn't necessarily rub me the right, the right we way. We were calling it what righteousness without, without persecution. persecution. Yes. Yeah. And so and um and so I was like, well, wait a minute. And so does that mean that anyone who doesn't ever experience persecution does not have righteousness? And I wasn't so sure about that. And one thing that came up to my mind was, for example, Adam and Adam and Eve prior to the fall were living with the presence of God. Um, in the yeah. garden, or, or at least, you know, had experience on a regular basis, the presence of God, would you say they weren't righteous because there was no real persecution during that period of time um, for them to to even experience? I mean, they didn't even understand what that yeah. was. Yeah, it's, it's, it, it seems like there there are times when people are um, considered righteous, but God has protection over them. Like one example mm-hmm. we talked about was Abraham. Yes, yes, right. who, who was yeah. considered righteous for his faith, according mm-hmm. to Hebrews, he not necessarily get, because of his persecution. Yeah. He didn't necessarily get thrown in jail. He mm-hmm. did have people opposing him, though, like Pharaoh. And that's so funny. You did the exact oh same man, thing. I did it again. It was like the same note too. See, <laughs> I'm holding my Bible. I'm holding my giant Bible, and I was resting. It's on just my too leg. big. Like, so he keeps dropping it on his piano. Okay. Yeah. Um. So yeah. But but so so yeah. So so I was I wasn't so sure about that that exact premise. But the more you dug into this, Colin, the more. The more, the more I think you might be winning me over, not necessarily to the idea of necessarily persecution, but this idea of, at the very least, opposition. And, and this, because in my mind, persecution was a sense of, and I think a lot of people might have the sense that, you know, well, if I'm not thrown in jail, if I'm not, if, if I'm not, not being your stoned, rights aren't taken away or yeah, something, yeah. something that is something very impacting to your life. Yeah, it's not necessarily saying the state is going to execute you if you're righteous, but yeah. So, so. Um, Although that does happen, but 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 I mean, you kind of kind of rein me in, Colin. It's like, well, it's not necessarily that strong. You could still be, experience, you know, uh, persecution or at the very least opposition in many other mm-hmm. ways. So there is. So okay. So we've laid the groundwork for that argument. But I will also say that one of the points I want to try and make, and this is maybe an opinion of mine. This isn't like a fully concreted thing, but I would argue that Jesus is preparing us for the time after He is gone. Um, now, in the Old mm-hmm. Testament, there is some situations where God calls prophets, call, calls people that he has called righteous, and they mm-hmm. don't necessarily deal with anything that would uh, would be called persecution. So so one of the things I said is I'm meeting Bob halfway and saying that that may or may not be true, but th- that may possibly be true, I mean. But in terms of what I mean when I say no righteousness without oppression is what I mean is when Jesus lines this out as saying living a righteous life is this. And once you get there, people are not going to like you and people are going to try and stop you or mm-hmm. people are going to try and hurt you or people are going to try and put you in jail or people are going to try and kill you. Any of those steps along that process is what's maybe in store for you as a Christian. And last week we said people, people don't like to talk about certain things. They don't like to bring up the harder subjects. And this is another harder subject that people, when they step into following Christ, when they step into a righteous life and they have gotten so far in their discipleship place where they are living righteously, 
they are going to begin to be targeted. This is this is kind of where mm. we're going to be leading to with this. So that's that. So bear that in mind. I'm going to sort of lay the groundwork with this first uh, scripture from Matthew five. It is the Sermon on the Mount, uh, Mount and the uh, Beatitudes part here. So uh, I I like Matthew quite a bit. Last time we talked about Luke, so I'm trying to sort of space out the different scriptures so we're not just like redoing the same scripture. Mm-hmm. So starting in verse um, six here of Ma- uh, Matthew chapter five, it says, blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness for they shall be satisfied. So that is important to, to, to note. Bob, you mentioned this earlier. I'll add it in, but this is something for later. And that is blessed are the peacemakers for they shall be called sons of God. Peace, peacemaking is something we're going to touch on later, but I'll just, you know, mention it. But verse 10 here uh, through 12 is what what's the meat of this. Blessed are those who are persecuted for righteousness's sake, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are you when others revile you and persecute you and utter all kinds of evil against you falsely on my account. He's talking about himself, Jesus's. Mm-hmm. Rejoice and be glad, for your reward is great in heaven, for so they persecuted the prophets who were before you. Mm-hmm. So what he is talking about is that you are going to live in the name of Jesus, and because of that, he says, people are going to revile you, persecute mm-hmm. you, utter all kinds of evil against you, and falsely accuse you, and that it's not the first time this has happened. Oh, no. The prophets have been been treated the same. And what's interesting is that the prophets in the Old Testament, the minor prophets leading up to the gospel and even the the what they call the major prophets, all of them have in some way been disliked and yeah. for what they have to say about God on God's behalf. Um so what we what we find first in this groundwork is that Jesus is setting setting up the people who are listening to his sermon for for potentially yeah. what will happen. You know it's funny like most Christians in America have not had the major persecution to where it's like threatening their life, like being threatened with like prison or Mm -hmm. um, being threatened to be killed or executed. Mm -hmm. Like, you know, I, the, when I think of like how I might've been persecuted throughout my life, it's very Mm -hmm. lame in comparison to like what I know other Christians have gone through. I may have been like made fun of at school or something, you know? So, so missed out on a few parties and and, and even, even during my time in China, I mean, honestly, the worst that would have probably happened to us is we would have been kicked out of the country. I Mm. mean, and and is that a desirable goal? Absolutely not. We know we want to leave on our own time, but Really, I mean, if if that that was that was honestly for the most part the absolute worst thing that could that would well, have and you guys as Americans us. had that status, you exactly, know. exactly, because the worst thing you, that China can do from their cultural eyes is make China look bad. What's going to look uh-huh. bad if a bunch of, of a couple of Americans go missing after legitimately being in the country? <laughs> you know, right, I mean, right. th- 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 that's going to yeah. look terrible on the international sure. stage. So they would much rather just kick us out than do anything else to, to us. So, yeah. So we've had a lot of God's protection, I would say, but at the same time, I think that there are people who hate Christians and there are people out there who would hurl those insults, you know, and those accusations and things, you know? Well, so, yeah. so not even if it's right. Like Bob mentioned earlier, hate is a word that I feel like mm-hmm. would sum up a lot of people's view of Christianity today and Christians mm-hmm. who believe, especially Christians who aren't afraid to be full Christians. 
And again, I don't want to, per, I don't want to put anyone on blast, but um, as, as I'm just going to say this on the podcast and this is a weighty statement. Mm-hmm. Um, I'll get serious for a minute. You're going to see everyone listening to this podcast is going to see things get much, much worse. So the, the time will come when there will be a choice to be made as a Christian to um, stand as a Christian. And so when that time comes, persecution will come soon after, I think mm-hmm. is a big part of what the scriptures are lining out. Um, so, okay, no more. <laughs> so I'm just saying like, <laughs> we there- don't know exactly what that looks like in our context. We don't no, know we what don't. the future we holds. We don't know how fast that's coming, but we do know that we've got a glimpse. The world wants to persecute Christians. It has, and it is doing so in other countries right now. We've just been protected for so long. Um, It's very possible, even within our lifetime that we could see more cracking down like on just being able to be a Christian. Well, and so there could come that time where, you know, it's go time. You got to make that choice. So, um, so Bob, uh, if you're if you're yep. ready and willing, um, uh-huh. could you please take First uh, Peter three, starting in verses ten uh, and going through till twelve, um, as we talk about. Uh, so th- th- this will be the next step. We're going to first define uh, what righteousness is according to the scriptures, and I'm okay. just I've picked two scriptures I feel really do good uh, at representing. If there are any others that people want to to comment and, and let me know about. But these two were standouts for me. They're, they're simple, but they're standouts. So, Bob, could mm-hmm. you please, starting in verse 10. Yeah, and so we see here, um, as I'm going to read this, the context of this looks like that, uh, um, that Peter is quoting something else that, is, that has taken place. I don't have the exact reference that he's quoting, but it, is, it appears to be a quote nonetheless. And so the quote he is saying here is, Those who desire life and desire to see good days, let them keep their tongues from evil and their lips from speaking deceit. Let them turn away from evil and do good. Let them seek peace and and pursue it. For the eyes of the Lord are on the righteous, and his ears are open to their prayer. But the face of the Lord is against those who do evil. So here's here's the first glimpse we have at what it means to be righteous. Um, the first part they're saying, desiring to love life and see good thing, good days and to keep your tongue from evil. Don't be deceived. Um, turn away from evil and seek good peace, pursue peace. All of these things that are, uh, I would almost say are pretty obvious things for just being good person in general, Mm -hmm. but, um, righteousness stems from. What's funny is that when we think about like the general idea of being a good person, we don't recognize that it's actually from God's definition of it. Um, we've just, we just have like, Oh, you know, just be nice and don't be mean. And like, yeah. but that's just the surface level. So let us continue on. Zach, do you have the opportunity to look at Isaiah, Isaiah. 33, 15 and uh, three seventeen? Yeah, I got it. Isaiah 33, starting in verse 15. Those who walk righteously and speak what is right, who reject gain from extortion and keep their hands from accepting bribes, who stop their ears against plots of murder and shut their eyes against contemplating evil. They are the ones who who will dwell on the heights, whose refuge will be the mountain fortress. 
Their bread will be supplied and water will not fail them. Your eyes will see the king in his beauty and view a land that stretches afar. I like the way that's worded. What is what verse? That's just that's NIV. Okay, so interestingly enough, in 15, mine says those who despise the gains of oppression. But yours Mm -hmm. said um, something about gain from extortion, extortion. So So meaning they're perfectly the same in a lot of ways. You're not benefiting from the oppression of others because oppression would lead to pressing people for money, taxing Mm -hmm. that kind of thing. Um, Very interesting. So tax, huh? Wink, wink. Yeah. Not, not, well, extortion is well. Uh, yeah. Okay. So okay. wink, wink again. Oh, okay. <laughs> no, no, no. You guys no. are ridiculous. No, 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 no. So, um, okay. So, um, here's what we'll say: that we've already learned with just two short verses, uh, two short different examples here, mm-hmm. that he, to walk righteously, we have to sort of, uh, like, oppose evil. Yeah. Yes. And so, and, 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 but more specifically, not just opposing evil, but live a life that looks good above uh, reproach, above, above reproach. Mm-hmm. So some might say simultaneously it, be living a good life, a righteous life. Yes. And at the same time, opposing an evil life. So m- some might say that this might look like a lot of works and in which case I would say, yes, it is not probably. The, yeah. <laughs> and, 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 I'm and, sick of people saying it's, it's not about works. I'm like, but it, it, is, it is somewhat about works. Yes. Works does works, not. Yeah. It, it, it can't it, save it, you. It, it does not save me. But if I'm going to reflect my savior, if I'm going to look mm-hmm. like him, if I'm going to reflect him to the world, then I have to act like him. Yeah. And these are the things that behavior he did. Yes. You have behaviors, good or bad. How do you live right? out your faith? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, exactly. How, how do you live it out? It's, Get wrecked, you yeah. listeners. How do you live out your faith? If you can answer <laughs> that read, for me, go read some James. <laughs> All I'm saying is live out your faith. So, um, so yeah. here's here is where we come to. Um, we have a seek good, turn away from evil. We have a uh, if we do these things, we are considered righteous. Um, Isaiah is from the Old Testament. The First Peter is way way into the New Testament. And so we, we kind of see both ends of the spectrum are saying the same thing that God, God, in order to, to call us righteous needs us to oppose evil mm-hmm. and to try our best to do good. And as we know from a previous episode, maybe even like a year ago episode about good versus evil, we have to know what goodness is pertaining to. And when we say good, we're talking about what God would say is good, not the universal, like it's, it's good to have a porn store. I don't know. <laughs> That's a bad example, but uh, <laughs> so, so we, what we mean is what God would call good. Yeah. And so, um, so <laughs> that was a weird thing. So next step we're going to make, why do, why do, so I'm claiming this, but I think the scripture is claiming this as well. Why do the unrighteous hate and persecute the righteous? If they so do it, why would they do it? So, Let's first look at where I actually have them a little out of order. I want to make the connection between us and Jesus when it comes to uh, opposition, persecution, oppression, or hate. But I first want to read from first John two 28 and go on through. Cause honestly, this is a favorite. It's becoming more a favorite scripture of mine. The more I read it, this is almost, I love First John. I, I I mean, you, you can't beat it in a lot of ways. It's just five chapters. It's kind of a short book, but really, like, it's got 
a whole bunch of advice on how you should live your life and, you know, who has fellowship with God and what it looks like to have it or not have it. Didn't you memorize the whole first chapter of first John for what project once I had it uh, memorized. I probably am a little rusty no, on it by now. Not tonight, but, but maybe sometime. Oh, is that a challenge? No, no. no. <laughs> I, I, I was saying, please don't tonight. We don't have time, but yes, but no, that's fine. I wanted to do the whole book, but I only had to do one chapter for a little extra. And I was like, I'll do, I'll do a whole book sometime, but that didn't really pan out. So we'll start in um, verse 28 of chapter two of first John. And it starts with this. And now little children abide in him so that when he appears, we may have confidence and not shrink from him in shame at his coming. So I'll, I'll continue in a minute, but Zach brought to me this in our notes about how we have to make the connection with righteousness to um, the end times, the final days. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It always, not always, but a lot of the scriptures that we brought up mention that Christ is coming. That's mm-hmm. right. Yeah, and absolutely. So, and, and Christ mentions that many times himself. You're right. Your righteousness is like what you do as you're like awaiting yeah, Jesus well, to come we're, back. We're following yeah. Jesus's, Jesus's um, tenets for our life and scripture's tenets for our life as we await him. Yep. So there is a timeline and everybody knows maybe what I'm referring to, but there is a timeline from the time that Jesus ascends into heaven until now. Mm-hmm. And that is the development of the church. And so one of the things I was talking to Bob about saying, you know, I can meet you halfway, but one of the things I need to make clear that I feel the scriptures is saying mm-hmm. is that Jesus is saying from here on out, here's how things are going to be until mm-hmm. I come back. Yeah. And so this is, this is another thing that John is sort of reiterating here. So uh, we already heard that first verse. Now we go on. If you know that he is righteous, you may be sure that everyone who practices righteousness has been born of him talking about Jesus. And so that's another implication that we're reborn in Christ. Um, And that is what it means, another aspect of living righteously. Now, see what kind of love the Father has given to us that we should be called children of God. And so we are. The reason why the world does not know us is that it did not know him. Mm -hmm. Beloved, we are God's children now, and what we will be has not yet appeared But we know that when he appears, we shall be like him because we shall see him as he is. It's that eschatology again. Potentially the new bodies, the new Uh uh, set of eyeballs uh, that can bear the sting of seeing the true uh, Christ. Eagle eyes. (laughs) And, And everyone who thus hopes in him purifies himself and uh, as he is pure. Everyone who makes a practice of sinning also practices lawlessness. Sin is lawlessness. You know that he appeared Mm -hmm. in order to take away sins and in him, there is no sin. So one who abides in him keeps on sinning. No. So, so no one who abides in him keeps on sinning. No one who keeps on sinning has either seen him or known him. Little children, let no one deceive you. Whoever practices righteousness is righteous as he is righteous. Whoever practices a, uh, whoever makes a practice of sinning mm-hmm. is of the devil. And for the devil has been sinning from the beginning. The reason 
the Son of God appeared was to destroy the works of the devil. No one born of God makes a practice of sinning, for God's seed abides in him, and he cannot keep on sinning because he has been born of God. By this, it is evident who are the children of God and who are the children of the devil. Whoever does not practice righteousness is not of God, and nor the one who practices, who does not love his brother. Okay, so, sorry. It's I, almost it took me like, forever to read through that. I'm so sorry. It's almost like we're making uh, works important again without even using the book of James. That huh. is true. Okay, so, <laughs> I'm sorry. I, for whatever reason, I struggled with that because of the wording of it. It almost seemed like grammatically it didn't he make re- sense to me. John uh, repeats himself, yeah. but he does it in, like, kind of a poetic way. It's interesting how well, he formulates. He's, he's making his himself points. clear. It would yeah. be like it, it's almost like a sermon in a way. You're making yourself clear. So that's true. So what what to me is significant about this is he is clearly defining sin and the practice of sin versus righteous living and the practice of being righteous, and how they are distinctly different, and how God will know us. And it will be evident to us if we mm-hmm. are in the seed of God or if we are the seed of the devil. Absolutely. Now, That's how you know. It is. You know, and the, like he keeps saying over and over again throughout the book, like this is how we know what love is. This is how we know blah, blah, blah. Right. You know, it's through the things that you see. It's through the fruit that's visible to us. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so um, the the we haven't gotten to the point of specifically um, – the, the crux of this, why the unrighteous don't like us or want to per- persecute us. But I want to set the ground rules of these people are living this way and we are deciding to live this way. Already you would find some problems, right? If you are looking at your modern culture, your political spectrum. Are, are you saying that people live a certain way? Don't <laughs> like people who don't live that, who live a different way. I am saying exactly that. But, but as what? much as that would already cause persecution and division, there is even a greater crux. Colin, I have a hard time believing that that would ever create division in, yeah. in any given culture. Right. Everyone but. loves everyone. So <laughs> I mean, in, in a, that that scripture goes on to say love one another. But uh, again, I already read a, a, quite a bit of that one. And it's uh, it's there's a lot to get through with that. So I won't uh, muddy it up too much. Now, um, let's go on to Luke 6, 22 and 23. Bob, do you have a chance to look at that? Luke six, sure. Twenty two and twenty three, because this will again uh, make a distinction between uh, the account of living for Christ as opposed to living for sin. Now, sin is sin because it is so enticing, and the devil knows it's enticing, and the devil wants you to wants you to sin, and God does not want you to sin. So that is the groundwork. <laughs> Mm-hmm. So, Bob, go ahead. Yes, this is the word of Jesus being spoken here in Luke 6, and it says, Blessed are you when people hate you, and when they exclude you, revile you, and defame you on account of the Son of Man. Rejoice in that day and leap for joy, for surely your reward is great in heaven, for that is what your ancestors did to the prophets. So it's interesting. This is, again, the Beatitudes, but from Luke's perspective, he actually puts more emphasis on the the hating aspect, mm-hmm. as we heard from in the beginning in Matthew. Um, so to reemphasize that point, um, that 
they will spurn your name on the account of the Son of Man. And in my Bible, it actually says, on the account of the Son of Man with an exclamation point. Yeah. So Luke's like, no, this part was yelled. <laughs> <laughs> Matthew's like, he said the Son of Man. He's like, no, he didn't. He said, the Son, son of Man. <laughs> yeah. Be careful because I'll eat you because of the Son of Man. <laughs> so uh, uh, to me, it's it, it's interesting and significant that. And the, the point you brought up about hate before. Yes. How it's like, you know, it's more of like despising and like putting it like way below. So saying, it's like saying you're below yeah, me. You're, you're below everything else because you know, you're, you're into that Jesus crap. So I'm, I'll write you off like that. <laughs> I swear <laughs> to God, man, I'll write you off like that. <laughs> this is your home. This is your home. Oh man. No, oh, SLC man. punk. Okay. So there's within the curse words, there's a lot of lessons. I promise. I promise you should check it sometime. So, um, here's what I'll say. We make a distinction. You will be reviled. You will be spurned. Mm -hmm. You will be hated. And it will be because you've decided to follow the son of man. Now, we talked about discipleship last time. But righteousness is the next step in being a disciple when it comes to deciding to turn your life, your whole aspect of your life Mm -hmm. in a righteous way and live that way. And the people that are not living a righteous life will see the fruit of that. And Mm -hmm. as an extension of that will revile you. And so uh, moving on to John 15, where we make the full connection here. Let me move through. I will, uh, I'll take this one boys. I'll pull up second Timothy. If you want to please do. Cause that one is a big nail in the coffin for this. Hmm. Um, (laughs) not literally, but because that, that, that happens in the gospel, but all right. So the hatred of the world, this, this chapter is called in John 15, 18 through 24. It says, if the world hates you know that it has hated me before it hated you. If you were of the world, the world would love you as its own. Now that is really, that is really significant to me to think about that. If you love the world, then the world's like, yeah, aren't you awesome? You're just living free. You're just so worldly. Woo-hoo. Loving life, loving life. <laughs> and then, all right. So um, the world would love you as its own, but because you are not of the world, but I chose you out of the world. That's very interesting and significant. A lot of people in the Calvinist perspective use this scripture. Therefore, the world hates you. Remember the word that I said to you, a servant is not greater than his master. We mentioned this last time about having to relinquish that intellectual superiority. If they persecuted me, they will also persecute you. If they kept my word, they will also keep yours. But all these things they do to you on account of my name, because they do not know him who sent me. If I had not come and spoken to them, they would not have been guilty of sin, but now they have no excuse for their sin. Whoever hates me hates my father also. So before I finish this out with the last verse, look at the step ladder he makes. He says, you, so it starts with a servant to a master, the master to Jesus, Jesus to the father. Okay. He makes the step ladder of saying, yeah, I was persecuted because they hated me. They hated me because of who I represent, my father. They hate you because you love me, and they hate your servant because you your servant loved your master, your master who loved me. 
And so he's saying, if you follow Christ all the way up to the father, they're going to know this and they're not going to like it because it represents the idea of abolishing sin in the world. They mm-hmm. don't want to know God. Whoever hates me hates the father also. Yeah. If I had not done, if, if, if I had not done among them the works that no one else did, they would not be guilty of sin. But, but now they have seen and hated both me and my father. But the word that is written in their law must be fulfilled. They hated me without a cause. That's so interesting because he's saying, um, there, that's they what they say. They would have, if, if Jesus hadn't have come and shown who he is, then they would be no, nobody would be the wiser. And so they might just hate him by mistake or they might not hate him or realize that he is who he is, but he came and the book of John is full of these miracles where he shows, mm-hmm. uh, you know, I, I turned uh, water into wine. I fed 5,000. He does all these things and it, and it shows that he is the son of God. So it marks out his identity. And then after that point, people have to realize like, who am I hating here? If I'm going to hate and persecute this guy, yeah, you know? And so now they're guilty because they have seen who he is and they're still like, nah, Nah, dog. Right. So um, <laughs> there is actually contextual stuff. I, I didn't okay. catch on this first read. I actually do want to read through to the end of this little part here um, because it, it, it talks about the, the last daddy's days. The devil. Well, well, the mm-hmm. last days. It says, yep. but when the helper comes, whom I will send to you from the father, the, the Holy Spirit, sp- the spirit of truth who proceeds from the father, he will bear witness about me. And you also will bear witness because you have been with me from the beginning. But Mm -hmm. it then goes on to say in 16, I have said all of these things to you to keep you from falling away. They will put you out of the synagogues. Indeed, the hour is coming when whoever kills you will think he is offering service to God. Hmm. And they will do these things because they have not known the father nor me. But I have said these things to you that when their hour comes, you may remember that I told them to you. So yeah. it, it goes on to say, I've, I didn't catch that word that says they're going to kill you and throw you out of the synagogues and say, oh, yeah, we're, this is for God, right? They're going to think they're doing good. Yeah. So which wh- is exactly where Saul starts from. Uh, or, or Paul, That's true. When, when, when he is Saul, you know, he, he is a. Um, he is a major player in the church uh, of the time of, of, the, of the within the synagogues within the structure of the Jewish people, and and he's, he's going to those dangerous Christians that are yeah. thinking wrong and doing bad stuff. Absolutely, yep. yeah. And so, so it, he is a man who is very much familiar with the law. He understands mm. the law quite well. He is a great and mighty Jew, but he and but part of that means that he's going to be killing Christians. So what's interesting is. Um, and there is a lot more scriptures, but again, a lot of the ones I've already read through are very wordy and they, and I feel like you, there's something cheap. And if you take them out of context, so I've, I felt like I've needed to read them in their entirety, but I will say there are so many more scriptures in there that really connect the dots between justice and righteousness, between mm-hmm. righteousness and sin, between sin and, uh, mm-hmm. falling away, uh, between discipleship and righteousness. So what we find is that there's these connecting pieces between the things that are about following Jesus and then the life you live as a result of that and the opposition. And so what I am talking about today is the opposition of being right, like of literally being righteous. And it doesn't seem maybe to you all uh, in your current state that maybe 
you know, in America, we are very blessed in a lot of ways to live as free as we do and to have the kind of amenities and the luxuries that we do. But like Zach said before, it's already happening in a lot of places and there will come a time. There's going to be a time, guys. I mean, if you believe if you believe that the entire Bible is true, you have to believe that what the Bible is saying will come true. Um, so, and that's where Revelation chapter twenty comes into play. It, it does. Mm. But first, I want to hear about the, it's especially in the last days. I want to hear about Second Timothy in the ch- chapter three. So it's interesting. Mm, that, you got to read the whole thing. Yeah, I'm going to read this whole chapter. But it is it's very, it is very interesting that we are now moving towards the end times as we're looking through scripture. Um, because that seems to be where it's all headed, right? Whenever persecution is mentioned, I think so. Jesus always talks about how they're going to hate these Christians for following him because they're a part of him. And they, what they really hate is God. That's what they're really against. When, they're, right. when people persecute Christians, they're really doing it because they're against God. Well, you know? well, see what it's, it's, they are against God, but it, but, uh, what Jesus defines earlier and what we talked yeah. about when we first talked about what righteousness is, people seem to revile the goodness yes. of a lifestyle yeah. like this. Because it sheds a light on them. Right. You're living the sinful lifestyle. That's why the whole thing that John talks about where uh, the Christians can't have any association with that sin um, because sin makes you revile against goodness. And yeah. so, and so when, when righteousness is defined, it always has made the light against the dark in a lot of ways. So you say like, mm-hmm. turn from evil, do good things. This is what right, this is what it means to be righteous. And so when you, when you put that in the context of a world that is becoming increasingly more sinful, yeah. you will, you will literally be set apart to a point where you have to make those choices to live or to go along. Yeah. It's almost like it, it it becomes so corrupt that it's headed somewhere a final clash between God and the enemies. There you go. go. So here's what Paul talks about in second Timothy three, but mark this, there will be terrible times in the last days. People will be lovers of themselves, lovers of money, boastful, proud, abusive, disobedient to their parents, ungrateful, unholy, without love, unforgiving, slanderous, without self-control, brutal, not lovers of the good, treacherous, rash, conceited, lovers of pleasure rather than lovers of God, having a form of godliness, but denying its power. That's really interesting. Having nothing to do with such people or you have nothing to do with such people. So wait, the pause. Yeah. So, yeah. so I like the definition there where it says that they may seem godly. They may even yeah. seem like they have power. But that power is not from God. Uh-huh. Yeah. And that even when that time comes, you will you will still reject that. Yeah. And say it's like, like they're, they're not into the power of God. They just are into looking like they are. That's right. There's like a proverb, I think, that says like the loving kindness or the tender mercies of the wicked are cruel. Yes. You know, that's right. <laughs> like, that's right. So anyway, um, Paul says, have nothing to do with such people. They are the kind who worm their way into homes and gain control over gullible women who are loaded down with sins and are swayed by all kinds of evil desires, always learning, but never able to acknowledge the truth. Just as uh, Jenna's and Jambres opposed Moses. So also these teachers oppose the truth. 
They are men of depraved minds who, as far as the faith is concerned, are rejected, but they will not get very far because, as in the case of those men, their folly will be clear to everyone. You, however, know all about my teaching, my way of life, my purpose, faith, patience, love, endurance, persecutions, sufferings, what kinds of things happened to me in Antioch, Iconium, and Lystra, the persecutions I endured. Paul's kind of going over the litany of things that he yeah. has been through. And I think that's one of the yeah. reasons why people connect him so strongly as an apostle mm-hmm. is because he, he was a persecuted very similar to maybe not exactly like Jesus or other apostles, but was definitely seen and hated in a, in a very similar way. Yeah, he was arrested multiple times. He's like a rapper. <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> Let's go. <laughs> so he's... You know, but it is, he, but bring you're right. The, bring in the truth, you know, if you've ever seen, okay, real quick. If you've ever seen trailer park boys, <laughs> there's a guy named J rock in there and he literally, uh, sort of waits for the police to come into the trailer park and then has his friend take a picture really quick. And he's like, man, I didn't do nothing. And like leans himself over the car to be yeah. cool. <laughs> right. That's yeah. the form of godliness. Maybe. Right. I yeah. don't know. Yet the Lord <laughs> rescued me from all of them. In fact, everyone who wants to live a godly life in Christ Jesus will be persecuted, while evildoers and impostors will go from bad to worse, deceiving and being deceived. But as for you, continue in what you have learned and have become convinced of, because you know those from whom you learned it, and how from infancy you have known the Holy Scriptures, which are able to make you wise for salvation through faith in Jesus Christ. Um, This very famous verse All scripture is God breathed and is useful for teaching, rebuking, correcting and training in righteousness so that the servant of God may be thoroughly equipped for every good work. Hmm. Okay. So a lot, a lot to talk. There's a lot to unpack, but I want to really broad strokes this just to get into the context of righteousness lived out and the persecution that comes with that. So well, we, again, he's uh, contrasting the two groups. That's right. He is. There's the people that are against God that love sin and want to keep benefiting from that. And so they're going to push away anything that's righteous that might reflect poorly on them. That's um, right. And, but, but he, but yeah. he then lines out what it means to be a righteous man. Yeah. Uh, he, he lines it out in a, or, or righteous person. Sorry, man. Uh, but to be a righteous person uh, is, to do these things. And he lines them out after he goes through all the other stuff. He says like, I've, you, you know what I've taught you to do. Mm-hmm. And this, and then he goes on to say like, follow the word, follow the word and cling to that. And, and so when we think about righteousness in the midst of persecution, yeah, that is when we're really going to be tested. And so, to- and, and, and that is so tough. It honestly, it, 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 it takes, it, it honestly, in some regards, um, it takes practice. It takes training um, to 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 truly be able to withstand that kind mm-hmm. of pressure, that kind of um, mental torment. So, um, I want to get to Revelation, and I know uh, uh, I would probably have Bob read Revelation twenty in verse four. Mm-hmm. Uh, this is a small one, but I wanted to talk really quick about a movie I've mentioned before that really touches on this subject specifically. So this is based on real events, but it's actually taken from like sort of a fiction book from Japan that sort of creates like a character that would have existed in this story. So 
the movie is called Silence and it is directed by Martin Scorsese and it 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 shows a Jesuit his it's two Jesuit guys going to find their like padre that like taught them everything about Christianity and they go to Japan and the persecution is just relentless mm. and part of it is that Japan not only doesn't want Christianity there but they believe that it is like you know empire like inspired like that they that they have countries trying to slowly like weasel their way into their country and like set up an established like presence there and Mm -hmm. stuff but things as far as persecution goes go so far off the rails in this it's very very difficult to watch it's an amazing movie uh but it's also incredibly hard to watch for a christian it's brutal and the the end result of this i won't ruin for people who want to watch it is is probably the most heartbreaking because it is like the worst aspect of persecution, which is that you basically have to be strong in your faith in the midst of Mm -hmm. potentially being killed or worse in the movie, the military, the Japanese military are like, okay, we're going to have you step with your muddy footprint on this like vestige of Jesus to renounce your faith. This is a physical representation of you doing it or we're going to kill like 10 people in front of you. Right. And it'll be your fault. And so it's like, Ooh, what do you do? So, um, let's go ahead and read, uh, revelation 20 verse four, Bob. Yeah. It says, then I saw the thrones and those who seated, uh, and those seated on them were given authority to judge. I also saw this, the souls of those who had been beheaded for their testimony to Jesus and for the word of God. They had not worshipped the beast or its image and had not received its mark on their foreheads or their hands. They came to life and reigned with Christ a thousand years. So we know that in the end times, people are going to be straight up killed for their faith. Mm -hmm. So we're getting less into righteousness now and more into just like being representation of like a believer in Christ. But that is a part of righteousness. I think that like the eschatology... Yeah. The revelation aspect of persecution is really important because it kind of shows that this is all heading somewhere. It gives a purpose right. to it, really. It's not just like meaningless violence to God. It's mm-hmm. part of what his believers are going to suffer in the world. But actually, suffering is a way that God's victory comes about on earth. Um, oh, yes. Another verse in Revelation that I really love is um, Revelation twelve eleven. And Revelation 12 is the chapter where the dragon is attacking. And it's all very symbolic, and it's about the enemy kind of attacking the people of God, trying to come after them and kill them all. Mm -hmm. But the people of God triumph because God is on their side. And it says in uh, verse 11, they triumphed over him by the blood of the lamb and by the word of their testimony. They did not love their lives so much as to shrink from death. And so the two things that made it possible for this like victory to come about is the blood of Jesus, which covers us. And then there's the word of our testimony. Mm -hmm. Um, And that's because the people who were victorious tell a story where they were persecuted, but did not succumb to persecution in the way of like denying their faith. Right. So like what Colin brings up, like deny your faith, step on this Bible. Like there's stories like that from different situations where Christians are persecuted. Right. Oh yeah. Um, but I believe that those people, like a lot of people would call them martyrs, you know, 
They're people right. who suffered and died for the faith, but did not relent in their faith. And that's something that no oppressor can take from you. You know, like they can torture people and they can beat them up and, and do all kinds of horrible things. But mm-hmm. you, unless you let it, your faith can't be taken by somebody else. That's true. You know? Well, yeah. that's, well, that's, that's the point of the, the, the movie, which is yeah. so, again, so heartbreaking is that it's, it's basically him being put in a position where if he does not renounce his faith, how much more like evil will be done. It's oh, so bad. So anyway, yeah, I'm going to read Isaiah one starting in verse 15 through 17. And then I hope Bob picks up uh, Psalms. And then Zach, if you want to read Romans 12 after that. Sure. Uh, so here's, here is um, an interesting perspective on oppression because I want to talk about this last little bit here because I think it's important because of our current situation in America and possibly the world the idea of fighting against persecution and what God doesn't call us to do. So anytime you talk about persecution, oppression, if you talk about um, hate or any of this kind of thing, there is a lot of Christians who make the argument that we are totally justifiable in turning around and being violent or, you know, things like that. And so it's important for us to remember what God calls us to be like as righteous people believers mm-hmm. to do good to, to, and we go back to what Bob mentioned in, in Matthew five, uh, starting in verse nine of the Beatitudes, it says, blessed are the peacemakers. Mm-hmm. Um, and so what we need to, what we need to really focus on now is yeah. what it says here in Isaiah one, it says, starting in verse 15, when you spread out your hands, I will hide my, my eyes from you. Even though you make many prayers, I will not listen. Your hands are full of blood. Wash yourselves. Make yourselves clean. Remove the evil of your deeds from before my eyes. Cease to do evil. Learn to do good. Seek justice. Correct oppression. Bring justice to the fatherless. Plead the widow's cause. Now, Mm. if you were to read this, and try and just hear what you want to hear, you forget the beginning and the end, feel contradictory, but they're not. The beginning says, wash, so the beginning says, your hands are full of blood, wash yourselves and make yourselves clean, and then later says, seek justice, correct oppression, bring justice to the fatherless. So somebody who's just reading that part might think, oh, well, bringing justice and correcting oppression means that we will rise up. Fight! <laughs> and join, make, a, make an army and fight them mm-hmm. or attack somewhere or whatever. Now I'm again, we're not going to get into politics. I'm sorry, but we just won't. But the, the nature of the scripture is very interesting to the idea of persecution. Yeah. We as Christians will be persecuted. We will be there. This isn't something that we are in. I'm going to just say, I'm going to be controversial. This is not something God intends us for us to stop. But God does also not God also asks us not to sit idly by when injustice is being done if we can mm-hmm. stand against it. Yeah. Now, Bob, yeah, it's it's a very um nuanced point, I think. Mm-hmm. It is. Because you 
are called to call things out. You are mm-hmm. called to um, yeah. correct stand oppression. against things, correct oppression. Yes. And, and I've, I've talked about this before about correcting one another. Yeah. Even I mean, yeah. just correcting your brothers and sisters. Yeah. And, so and, and, and it's and a peaceful. To- it's a peaceful um, way of doing it. Peaceful resistance. Yeah. Maybe. Even maybe it might be yeah. peaceful for the person trying. Now that's what I mean. How on people a, react on, to us on our part. We are to remain yes. peaceful. Yes. That's oh, so Bob continue. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and, and so, and it's also important to note that when he's, when Isaiah wrote that he was talking to the Jews, he was right. talking to those who are supposed to be representations of God to the world around them. And yes. it was those people specifically who was talking about, you need to look out for the, for the widows. You need to stop the oppression. Yeah. And, fight the widow's cause, mm-hmm. but yeah. don't, Go to don't stab the centurion yeah. that hurt the widow. But 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 yeah, and but in in, in this case, you know, I mean, uh, yeah, he was. It was it, so. It's 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 a very it's a very interesting point of view. It, it 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 could be argued then that he's actually talking to. I mean, if you want to t- contextualize that for modern day, he's not necessarily talking to the nations. He's talking to the church. In a lot of ways, he is. Yes. Not that we shouldn't be seeking out. Uh, That's a really to, good point to, to correct oppression yeah. to to within the nations. I'm not saying we shouldn't. We, we most certainly should. But the the context was to the followers of God. That's yeah, exactly that's right. that is that is a really good distinction, Bob. Because like, and I don't. I'm not going to go off topic, but um, people would ask about like, what about being a Christian and being in the military or something like that. Um, it's not necessarily to say that all the nations are going to behave this way. Nations are going to behave like nations, you know, um, what God is prescribing for us is as the people of God, we have kind of a different way of going about things. Absolutely. Yeah. So, so Bob, what about Psalm 11, five through seven? What does that say? Yes. Uh, five through seven says the Lord tests the righteous mm-hmm. and the wicked and his soul hates the lover of violence. On the wicked, he will rain coals of fire and sulfur. A scorching wind shall be the portion of their cup. For the Lord is righteous. He loves righteous deeds. The upright shall behold his face. So here's what's interesting. We're, we're coming full circle back to righteousness again. Yeah. Now, you have to understand that not everything that talks about being persecuted involves the word righteous and not everything that involves the word righteous involves the word persecution. I understand that, but we have connected the dots throughout the scripture now, Mm -hmm. all the way from the old Testament to the gospel to revelation and back discussing this idea that to be righteous, you have to stand against sin Mm -hmm. and live a righteous life. But that doesn't mean that you stand utterly by, but at the same time, it also means that we as righteous people are peacekeepers Mm -hmm. we are people who believe in the love and the uh righteous deeds that god calls us to do and one of the things that he lines out this is two scriptures in a row is not to be violent about it yeah uh and so zach romans 12 14 through 20 romans 12 verse 14 bless those who persecute you Bless those. Wait, what? Bless, bless them? those who persecute you. What? what? They're, <laughs> but they're persecuting me. <laughs> R- righteous justice is what I say. Bless those who persecute you. Bless and do not curse. Rejoice with those who rejoice. Mourn with those who mourn. 
live in harmony with one another. Do not be proud, but be willing to associate with people of low position. Ah, the hate thing. Hate and goes back to that like superiority thing. That's right. Do not be conceited. Do not repay anyone evil for for evil. Be careful to do what is right in the eyes of everyone. If it is possible, as far as it depends on you, live at peace with everyone. Do not take revenge, my dear friends, but leave room for God's wrath. For it is written, it is mine to avenge. I will repay, says the Lord. On the contrary, if your enemy is hungry, feed him. If he is thirsty, give him something to drink. In doing so, you will heap burning coals on his head. I love it. I want to read it's, the last verse. Do not be overcome by evil, but overcome evil with good. Oh, so yeah, that's, that's yeah. 21, isn't it? And it's like, um, well, and Martin Luther King had the whole thing. Like hate cannot drive out hate. Only love can do that. That's exactly you know? right. And he's also quoting, Today is quoting different scriptures. Uh, Martin Luther King day. That's Happy right. Martin Luther King yeah. day. I was going to say yes, that at the, the end, but yes, now that we brought this up yeah. as, as, as we're recording this episode. Yes. Um, yeah. And, you know, I was thinking about the um, it's not an idle thing, but it's an active goodness. Yes, that we do. It's like a challenging of the evil, like you could call it system or you could just say the evil that's in the world. You challenge that by standing against it in a peaceful way and loving your enemies. That's right. And you so know? and so it's funny, too, because the words used are love those or uh, blessed are those bless. who, uh, are bless them bless them yeah and 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 abide with them mm-hmm. don't curse them mm-hmm. uh and L- so live live as good in the eyes of the world so how yeah. so how does that how does that live out as righteousness what i think it is is just as i mean people like to make claims that scripture contradicts itself and for a person who has not delved deeply into this it can be easy to think that but I truly believe that none of the scriptures we've read tonight contradict themselves at all. And what they're basically lining out is you live a righteous life. You are going to live by mm-hmm. the tenets that God calls righteous. And so we can't forget ourselves. We can't lose ourselves yeah. uh, as we become defensive as Christians. We yeah. can't lose ourselves yeah. and become reactory and become yeah. revengeful as a result. I want to point out one more thing from revelation that just kind of blew my mind when I realized like what the imagery means. Um, but I, I can't, I think it's um, maybe revelation five, um, but it's one that I, that Bob's talked about before. Um, mm-hmm. And it's where there's this scroll and mm. nobody is able to open the scroll mm-hmm. and everybody keeps saying, to John, who's like kind of the, um, the witness of all this happening. Everybody keeps saying the lion of the tribe of Judah is going to open this scroll. And he looks around, but instead of seeing a lion, he sees a lamb that looks as if it was slain. And so the imagery connection is that like, Oh, okay. Like I'm expecting to see this powerful, scary ferocious lion who's going to like fight his enemies and like yeah. maul them to death but then he sees this peaceful lamb who who died you know and so i think the question that keeps coming up and that revelation answers is how do you ultimately win in the end when it comes to the people of god how are you supposed to win if, how are you supposed to win if you don't if, if like, your people are being mean to you then yeah. you got to one up them yeah that's give it how back you win. To them. go beat up the bullies <laughs> Yeah, so it's like, it, are the Christians going to be the people who fight like a lion and, and swipe at everybody? Or are the Christians going to be the people who die for their enemies? That's what Jesus did. 
Um, and I think revelation answers that it says, um, we overcame by the blood of the lamb because he was killed. That's right. And the word of our testimony, because we lived a life that honored the lamb of God. Boom. So boom, there boom. we go. Okay. So final summation here. Uh, I'm just going to wrap up uh, because we're out of time, but I'm just going to say, as you live a righteous life, a righteous life for the father and for Christ, you are going to then become somewhat of a target uh, whether it happens tomorrow, if it happens 50 years from now, or if it happens so long after you're dead, the, the people of God will face this. Now, how we face it is important. Um, we continue to be that city on a hill, that light, that beacon for, for, for God, representing God righteously. Uh, in the face of persecution, then we are very pleasing to the Lord. So one of the things that'll be tough, but we're going to have to just suck it up is that when that time comes and you're hated or oppressed or uh, opposed opposition or uh, persecuted or worse killed mm-hmm. um, there will become a time when we are called to live righteously, but be encouraged because it's for a purpose as Jesus says, take heart. I've overcome the world. That's it. Yep. Well, thank you guys so much for listening. Um, it's been a lot of fun. Uh, I'm not sure if we will continue the series next time or not. We uh, we may pivot a little bit, but uh, we thank you for listening. It's been a good in. one. It's been a lot of fun. It has been a lot of fun. Um, you can't have a good series without a lot of research and work and stuff. Apparently, yeah. <laughs> sometimes we do the heavy research ones where they have a lot of scripture, and sometimes we like to take a like a sidestep and do like music and things like that. So, um, yeah. Uh, so uh, thank you for listening, and uh, please check us out on our podcast, and we will catch you next time. Peace. Ooh.